Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the coach, John Brett. And I'm here with the vet, Ian Griffin. And we have a topic that is, uh, actually, I, you drove all the way down just for this, too. I did. The Bachman Homestead, what are we calling it? The jump talk. Jump talk, okay. So I'm playing game Friday night, getting ready. We're warming up, and uh, all of a sudden I hear a ding-ding text. I'm like, I'm about to play the game. I look down, and it says, Justice Ginsburg died. Yes. And I, it was from you. It was. And I was like, wow. And the first thing I thought was, this is about to get chaotic. This is going to get crazy. And one of our coaches on the sideline is also into politics. I said something to him, and the first thing, he his mouth dropped and said, somebody's going to get a city burned down. That's the first thing he said. So, yep. man, this is going to get crazy. First, I want to definitely, I know you're going to talk a little bit about some of the good things that she did. She's a great American hero. Yep. Will always be remembered as being a strong woman on the court. One of the things I want to say first and foremost is one of my heroes is Sandra Day O'Connor, and she actually yep. uh, replaced her. Yep. So. So I'll say, you know, uh, Ruth Ginsburg, you know, they're going to call her RBG. And, uh, notorious. And, yes, she'll be notorious now. And uh, uh, a great justice at the end of the day. She fought for equal rights. And many people will think equal rights, they were talking about females or women only. But she fought for men and women. You know, one of the, the uh, she actually fought uh, five cases to the Supreme Court prior to becoming a, a Supreme Court justice. And on one of those cases, um, she actually fought the Social Security Act, which the Social Security Act at the time benefited a widow, but it did not benefit a widower. And she says that that was wrong, and bottom line was is both deserved the equal treatment as a widow or a widower. So she fought for the men in that one. And then later she also fought the United States, uh, Virginia versus United States, or vice versa, I forget how you word it. But... Uh, in regards to uh, the Virginia Military Institute were refusing females to attend mm -hmm. and, uh, and she won that case as well and so just on those things there alone I mean she she was very pivotal in, in regards to equal rights amongst everybody because that's what equal rights should be not just the gender but to everybody right and uh, so my hat's uh, off to her, and uh, and hat's off to her family, I'll say that. No doubt. Um, always be considered a, a, a great justice. Uh, it's very easy for me. Uh, most people that know me know how much I enjoy the court, uh, the judicial branch uh, from 1803 from Marbury versus Madison. That was a huge turning point, which brought the court as a, an equal branch at that time, I think, uh, for sure, with John Marshall's ruling in that. But bring this back to today, I believe she also was a very liberal justice and we it's okay mm -hmm. uh but she was really good friends with one of my heroes justice scalia they were real good friends yeah. their families his wife and her husband and those two would go to the opera together in dc they would go out to eat together uh, i saw one time i saw do, um, not a documentary but just an interview with those two together <laughs> and it was like they were best yes. friends picking on each other for an hour and you would not have known that these were two black robed Supreme yes. Court justices, they were just very intellectual, very um, witty towards yes. each other, and there's a, a lot of love there. I know that she had a lot of uh, sadness when he passed away. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I just think that no matter what the politics part of it, it shouldn't be political when you come to the judicial branch. For some reason, about the last 40, 45 years, it's, begotten, it's become more political. It shouldn't, and she did play into that. But I don't know if she's alone in that. I think a lot of them do these days. Yeah, I, I will say that her and one other one, 
has been more vocal in their personal ideas uh, than probably most of the justices we've been accustomed to. Sure. And uh, and she's taken some uh, heat in regards to that, some of it rightfully so, because most of the time when we hear justice, we expect them, as you said, all politics is pushed away, they're oblivious to that, they don't cater to that. It wasn't necessarily the case with her on, on everything, and that's okay. Uh, we're not here to bash her and all that other stuff. I think she's just a great American. I do think there's some consequences with this at the end sure. of the day, and that's kind of why we're here is yeah. because uh, they're detrimental. Uh, uh, elections have consequences. And they this do. is going to be one of those. There's going to be a lot of people upset. Yep. There's going to be a lot of people going, well, too bad. Yeah. And it's going to get ugly. The political climate that we have right now, it's going to be absolutely the next 45 days, not only in this election, but with this, yep. it's going to be crazy. Oh, it is. It's going to be off the chain. And uh, so to start out a little bit, you know, back in 2016, prior to President Trump becoming the president, uh, President Obama nominated uh, Merrick Garland and uh, to be a Supreme Court uh, justice. And uh, it didn't go through the Senate. You know, said, hey, it's a year of election. We need to wait and everything else. And to be truthful, President Obama didn't push the matter too hard because he felt that somebody was going to replace him. Well, they uh, thought that uh, Hillary Clinton was going to win the election and yeah. replace him with someone even more liberal than he could have for yes. his legacy. But his presidency was over. Yeah. And so he, he thought that, hey, I'm not worried about it too much because I'll just save grace and I'll just allow my my follower to come on, you know, and, and uh, my successor to come on, and they'll do what's best for the country because I trust them. But what happened was is he didn't expect that President Trump would win. No one did. You know, and uh, he didn't expect Hillary to lose. Yep, she, career politician, got her butt handed to her yeah. at the end of the day. You know, but so. I do think, kind of go back a little bit, some of the people in the Obama administration and also some other people even in the media at the time that I can remember more than the Obama administration, but I do know that they did try to push this, were asking because she was getting so old, uh, Justice Ginsburg, to step down prior to Obama's term being over because at that time he was going to be at the end and he could nominate someone uh, because she would retire. Yes. But she refused to do that and... She did. She did refuse to do it, thinking that Hillary Clinton was going to get someone a little bit more liberal. That's the story that, that I've heard. Yep. Um, I hate to use the word backfire, but since that time, there's been two conservative, as they call them, conservative, I call them constitutionalists, that yep. have been put on the court. This was going to be a third one. I mean, they're going to rain fire. They're going to, they're going to call. They, hey, they might even impeach him for something. They might impeach him for doing this. Yeah. Just to try to hold it up. Well, I've heard that. Is, is Nancy says, I'm going to impeach you for doing your job. Okay. Which yeah, Article 2 says you are the one that nominates, and the Senate is the one that confirms. There's no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. So, so something I'll say is, is there's all this ill will out here because I've heard everybody say, well, first of all, you know, what uh, Mitch McConnell did, they should pay as hypocrisy. Will you name me one politician that isn't hypocritical? Because I can tell you, don't think it's only lasted these last three years. Every one of them are. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, let's sign the bill. We'll read it later. And yeah. now let's don't sign any bills because we ain't read it all. You know, type deal. They're all hypocritical. They get what they want. They place their power plays into play. But at the end of the day, our country is founded off a little piece of paper called the Constitution. Constitution that's right. And the world seizes at that. And to me, 
this is beyond party. This is far more detrimental than that. Is you need to look at how Russia and China looks at us right now. This bickering we're doing amongst parties is irrelevant to them. It just shows that our foundation based on the Constitution that we can't follow that rule if we do not appoint one now. And, and then comes the time, if the election is contested, we have a four-four split bench. Now, Imagine that. Now, right now, people will say, well, hold on, you know, five of them were appointed by Republicans and three of them were appointed by Democrats, which is true. That is the case. But if you have a 4-4 split on a decision there, you will have a no-select president. No matter if it's Biden, who we think would have won, or if it's Trump, who we think would have won, or one of the third parties we think would have won, you will have a no-decision and that is catastrophic for us because our Constitution doesn't tell us how to get out of that. And we can avoid it by just following the Constitution. Yeah, you follow the Constitution. You nominate someone. You send them through. Election got consequences. If, if he yep. uh, wins the election, great. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, but you have to realize we have a Constitution, but we also have a Supreme Court that goes back. And when I, when I referenced Marbury versus Madison in 1803, what John Marshall stated at that time, their number one job as a judicial branch is to interpret anything that the executive branch does, anything that the legislative branch does, to make sure that it's constitutional or unconstitutional. And they would be the ones that would make that decision. So when you have that, a 4-4, in a situation that comes up with, it could be a contested election, it could be anything comes up, if you do not have an uneven number for that, you're causing more chaos to, to us. And what you're doing is you're not even following the Constitution. The Constitution tells him to nominate when he wants, Yes. And, it, and the Senate can confirm. And if the Senate has enough votes to do it, they should confirm it. And, and then I will also say is this. is Let's just say we pass this election and he nominates a person. And then on December 15th, and let's just say the president didn't win the election. And on December 15th, we, heaven forbid, if we lose another justice. I'm sorry. He's still the president. Yeah. To, to quote Ruth Ginsburg herself. Yes. He is not stopped being paid as the president. The Constitution didn't say for him to stop his job. At December 15th, December 20th, January 1st, and he comes out on January 20th, right. he still has the authority, and he should appoint the next person. And that doesn't matter if it's President Trump. It don't matter which president it is, which party it is. That's how it should be. He should do his job or her job until she walks out that office and the next State of the Union is done. Sure. And, you know, even Ginsburg said when Merrick Garland was nominated by President Obama, she said he should be able to do that because no matter if it's a lecture or not, yes. it's his duty to do that. That was the word she used was duty. And you know what? It's President Trump's duty to do that. Now, I'll say this from a personal standpoint. A lot of people don't know this. They, a lot of people, they see me or hear my post or, or, or talk to me sometimes and think, well, he's just a Republican. He's just a conservative his whole life. I have voted in the last seven presidential elections four Republican, three Democrat. And a lot of people won't even believe that. But it came down to the last week of this last election, 2016, and I told somebody, I said, you know what I'm thinking about? I don't know if I can vote for President Trump. I don't know if I can vote for Hillary Clinton. I don't know what I'm going to do. And finally, I got by myself, and I voted for President Trump for one reason and one reason only, because I knew he would get one to two Supreme Court justices, yeah. and they would be constitutionalist or conservative. And to me, that's more important than a lot of this other stuff, because you think about it, we have all this bickering in the country, 
goes to the appellate court, goes to the Supreme Court, they make decision, that's the precedent, we move on. And you know what? If we get a third one, and I say we being conservative or constitutionalist, I'm going to clap and say good. Yep. If for some reason uh, he uh, votes for one, excuse me, nominates one, they get confirmed, and the person votes opposite of what I think, hey, if they read in the Constitution, I think something should go this way, but they believe that the Constitution says that way, I want them to go that way. Yeah. I mean, the Constitution doesn't, you know, doesn't get up and breathe. Yeah. It's sit there in, in writing. And if there's a problem with the Constitution, amend it. Amend it. We have that's that. what the purpose. Is. That's why the amendment process is there. I know it's not the easiest thing to do. We had, you know, the first ten amendments to Bill of Rights were done four years after eighteen or seventeen eighty seven. Yep. They were done in seventeen ninety one. Since seventeen ninety one and now, we've done it seventeen times. It's not a lot. And three of them were done after the Civil War, thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth amendment, almost immediately. I know it's not easy, but if it's something that the country really wants to change, and it's something a majority wants to then it will be amended. If you can't do it, sorry, you got to follow the Constitution. It's not your country. If you want one, go start your own. Yeah, I will say this. When it comes to, to I, I personally, I don't think there's even a question on whether the president should be doing this or not. You know, <laughs> no. and, and then people are mad at the president. Well, the president inherited this. He, he wasn't even part of the previous one. Right. But at the end of the day, I cannot think of a time in our history except one other time that our nation would be in more peril than if we had a 4-4 split and we had an undecided as a president of the United States. Imagine when Gore and Bush. The only other time, I would say even Nixon's impeachment mm. was not that bad. No. Assassination of a president was not that bad because we had a rule sure. to put the vice president in. Only time that our nation was that in peril would be the Civil War. Sure. And so we want to stick to party lines to put us in that much peril. I think we just need to grow up and get over ourselves a little bit. Sure. That, that's my thought. And then this is kind of the foresight of 100 years ago. Some guy named Woodrow Wilson wrote this here. He said that while it's within the power of the government to overwhelm the court on an issue by, say, increasing the number of justices and refusing the appointment of any justice, President recognized that this violated the spirit of the Constitution and that the public would make such an outrage upon com constitutional morality that it would be impossible for it to happen. Basically, they would curse them. Yeah. Pretty much they would riot in the streets. Well, what I think has happened <laughs> is after President Trump became president, they didn't ride in the street with the government, Merrick Garland issue. They waited till the president became the president. They used that riding time during that time, you know, the same day he had inauguration. We mysteriously had a, another protest at the same time. We did it at the Kavanaugh hearing when we paid people to come protest even because we couldn't get enough. We had to pay them. And now we're doing it right now for the last four months. So I think we kind of burned that candle out, you know, and, and you lost the opportunity in that. Well. And, and that's just me. But back to Woodrow Wilson, he had the foresight to say, if you are not going to sit there and and uh, approve the nomination, the people should protest. You know, and that's 100 years ago. Yeah, I mean, the, the situation that we have right now, it's very simple. The Constitution, we hear all the time, well, Trump won't follow the Constitution. He's doing so many unconstitutional things. You hear that from the left. And then when he does something that is blatant right there in front, it says Article 2, President will nominate. Yeah. And then at that point, once he nominates someone, the Constitution, Oh, no, can't do, can't do it. Can't do exactly what the Constitution says because it's politics. 
Yep. Politics from the left right now. The liberals have gone so far left, they hate Trump so much that they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about tradition. They don't care about the country, what we've gone through to get here, the greatest country ever. The greatest experience, the greatest experiment worked. And they don't care about it. What they care about is defeating the orange boogeyman. So, and that's it. So, Coach, let me just say this. This is just off of some feeds from some liberal people I know. Hey, who cares about her family? Why couldn't she wait six more weeks to die? Absolutely. What the heck is that? Right. Leave, well, they want to leave her on a. They want to leave her on a ventilator for seven. Life support. Oh yeah, sure. What the heck is Why that? Not? I mean, get over yourself and your politics well, there and a your Supreme hatred. Supreme Court uh, decision about that anyway. Yes. Get over yourself and your politics. And get I've out of your party. You know, come on. The granddaughter said that one of her dying wishes was yep. that's this. Uh, too bad. And, and nothing against her. She'd say to something different four years ago. She could have retired while, even when Trump won the election, she yes. could have retired. It, well, this is my deal. Of all, and we don't know if that's really what she said. We, we just, have no idea. We just know that's what supposedly the granddaughter said. Okay, but we don't know. We we wasn't there on the other half to know that's. What, but she's a a Supreme Court justice who knows the Constitution extremely well. Of all people. Oh, Miss Ginsburg right there knows that that's just not the way the Constitution is She's a, She knows the Constitution better than, you know, probably 20. There's probably 20 people yeah. in this country, including the Supreme Court justices, that know that Constitution as well as she does. She knows immediately if she passes away, that's what's going to happen. I mean, there's nothing, no way around it. And she even, she even was the one that made the quote that sat there and said, uh, the Constitution does not say that the president gives up his rights to appoint somebody. No matter how long they are in office, it's still their job. Absolutely. So, and I will never get away away from that because it's huge. You're yeah. in the look, the vet. You were in the army. It's your duty to do something. You have to do it. It is. She said, it is the president's duty to nominate, and it is. That's what it says. It's his duty. When one passes away, one retires, or there's a vacancy, it's the president's duty at that moment to do what he thinks is best and nominate. So, I mean, that's point blank. So let me ask a simple question here, Coach, on this. Is if the president is supposed to give up his right to pick right by the Constitution to choose a Supreme Court justice because it's too close and too inconvenient, what is he supposed to do, say, December 7th, and it's in an election year, maybe he didn't win or he was at the end of his term, and somebody bombs America. I just thought that. That's what I was thinking. Hey, what happens is if... Is he supposed to just sit there and take a knee and go, okay, I'll wait for the all, next guy? He's not a lame duck president. No, he's so not. So right now, we don't know. And that was huge. Obama was a lame duck president when this Merrick Garland came up. Yeah, he was. And that's a totally different issue, and the liberals don't want to deal with that. But let's imagine that Trump loses the election. Yep. Two weeks later, we get bombed. Pearl Harbor gets bombed by China. Ken, are you, are you saying at that point in time he can't do his duty to put us into a fighting mode to go back and fight and go to war against somebody? Is it just going to be the legislative branch that can do that? And with the legislative branch, I don't think they would fight anybody if they blew up half the country. Yeah, yeah. Because it, that's just the way they are. Peace, love, and kumbaya. I mean, sometimes you gotta you got to fight. Yeah. And that's what the executive branch is about. That's what the president should do. He, I mean, I don't even get it. What are we doing? What are we living now? It's just so weird. We just All we got to do is follow this piece of paper that so many other countries are mirrored after. And you oh, know, talked about it this week. How many countries that when they lose their dictator or where they lose a monarch or they have some kind of a people that are in power yes. and the people rise up, the first thing they want to do is contact 
our country and say, can you please model us a government by what? The United States Constitution. Constitution. They want us to come over, send our scholars and our and our politicians to come show us how to do it. And when they go stand in line to vote, they go stand in line to vote for days to yes, vote. Yes, they do. And we worry about, you know, oh, can I mail it because we got COVID or, you know, I live too far. Come they on, do, people. They, they do a pilgrimage to the voting booth. But so I, I think this is a good segment. And I know not everybody will agree with us. And we want to hear that. Oh, I don't care if you agree with me on this one. Read the Constitution, Article yeah. 2. Yeah, but we want to hear it. We want to hear it. We want to see what you got to say, you know. And, and I have some friends that, that they're good friends. They're friends of mine. I respect them all the way. And, you know, some of them told me, said, I just can't get over the fact of what happened in 16. I said, well, then you need to put your party's business aside and for once think of the country instead of the party. Because I will kick a party to the curb in a heartbeat over the country. All day long and twice on Sunday. But I will say this before we, before we leave. Uh, I, I take care on either side, if you're conservative or liberal, if you're going to vote for Trump or you're going to vote for yep. Biden, go watch this week, out of honor of, of Ginsburg and Scalia, go to YouTube and just type in an interview and put their name in it together and watch it. And that's how these people were so far away on a political spectrum of ideologies, but they were best friends. And our country needs this. Yep. If I'm a Christian, which I am, I have friends of mine that are atheists. We need to have more people that are friends that are, are, are Muslim and Christian, Jews and Muslims. Yep. If you really want a diverse country, you want a diverse society, don't make me come over to your side. Join me in being diverse. That's yep. what I say. Go watch that YouTube. It's amazing. Well, hey, Coach. I think this was uh, sad that we had to talk about sure. it because uh, really – yeah, She's we, a notorious one. We, we really wish her family the very sure. best, you know, as they deal with this. And probably her colleagues on the Supreme Court, those are probably the two closest entities sure. to her. And I know there's a lot of people that aspire to be like her and uh, or just to follow in some of her footsteps. So we wish all y'all well on that. But uh, I think this was a decent segment, and we look forward to hearing from y'all tomorrow, to be Absolutely. quite honest. And so from the coach to the vet, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned.